<laughs> I couldn't resist that. It was pretty cute. Our experiences of motherhood, you know, the good and the bad, both. Uh, and the seemingly good, the seemingly bad, because it truly is all good. And those were just little babies. You know it goes on and on and on from there. Let's face it, mothering is the hardest job in the world. And I don't mean that metaphorically. It's the hardest job. It's the hardest job. Every other job has days off or at least hours off. Every other job has a limited field of experience and doesn't require that you simultaneously teach, doctor, housemaid, entertain, counsel, and a whole host of other jobs that you might never have anticipated. Every other job, if you get mad at the boss, you can complain to your friends without feeling like you're a horrible person and it's all your fault. Every other job, if the boss hits you or calls you names, you can sue. Every other job, if it gets stressful or tedious or overwhelming enough, you can up and quit. Now dads, if you're the one who cleans up the barf and checks the homework and calls the teacher when things aren't going well and strategizes how to deal with the mean and gossipy friends and holds the croupy baby in the shower and drives to the doctor's appointments and reads the runaway bunny over and over and over again after washing the dishes and seeing that teeth are brushed and jammies are on and explaining why it is that it gets dark at night, then let's face it, your mom, I'm talking about you too. You, whoever you are, deserve all the kudos that you may or may not get. Not just the dads who are moms, but also the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, the foster moms, the stepmoms, all of you. Happy Mother's Day. That was written by Reverend Lynn Unger. She's a Unitarian Universalist minister. But I think it about sums it up. It about sums it up. All that we do, you know, all that we do is we bring these little people into the world. Our Science of Mind archive sent out a um, link for us. And they sent out a link, and I love when they do this. They found an article that Ernest Holmes, uh, a talk Ernest Holmes gave, called On the Miracle of Motherly Love. And he gave that talk on this thing called Life, his radio show, on Mother's Day 1951. And we do have a recording of it. You go to Amazon, you can actually get the recording and listen to Ernest giving this talk. But in it he says, friends, today we celebrate the human love which symbolizes the divine protection and tenderness. For just as we are cradled in the arms of mother's love, so underneath us also are the everlasting arms, the great mother love of the universe from which we spring. He begins his talk that way and then he goes on to say, it is wonderful that God has provided for us that when we first enter the world, we come through the loving protection of a mother's love and care, and that there is waiting for every newborn babe that comfort, the warmth, and the tenderness of a woman whose heart has been filled with an instinctive affection and a deep-seated desire to nurture 
and give of herself to the miracle of life which she has been part. And when I read that, I thought, wouldn't that be lovely if that was true? Wouldn't that be lovely if that was true? You know, and one of the things about Ernest Holmes, our uh, founder, the founder of Science of Mind, you know, he was adamant that we remain open at the top. And what he meant by that is that we are never a closed teaching, that we're never to think, oh, we've got it, we've got it figured out, this is the way it is. You know, when he symbolizes that, or we symbolize that by our symbol, our teaching symbol, this V, and it remains open at the top to remind us that there's always more, that we learn more, we, knew, we know more, things change, science finds out more, things evolve, you know, it's the nature of life. And Ernest knew that, you know, and, and recently there was a blog post by um, Harv Bishop, I don't know if any of you follow Harv's um, blog, it's a New Thought blog, but he was uh, quoting Dr. Uh, Edward Viune from the Santa Rosa Church, and, and the title of the blog was What Ernest Got Wrong got my attention, you know, and I looked at it, and what Edward is talking about, Reverend Edward is talking about this very thing, that things have changed. Not everything that Ernest Holmes wrote or said is gospel. You know, everything that's gospel is not gospel, really, but, you know, things evolve, things change, you know. So whether the aspect of motherhood changed or whether there was more of a belief that this mother, you know, the kind of the Donna Reed mom was everybody's mom, you know, when mothers know, or father knows best, uh, you know, or, or that we just know more now, you know, because I think some of this not-so-healthy parenting was probably going on back then. It maybe just was not as uh, brought out to the public. You know, so, so we know today that uh, not everybody gets to have a mom that's that nurturing, loving mom, right? Some of us were born to moms that maybe didn't want us, you know, or, or didn't know how to be a mother, or were emotionally unavailable. They didn't know, you know, they hadn't done their own work, you know, so, so we maybe didn't get that warm, fuzzy mom stuff that we wanted. And, and, and some of us had a grandma that did that, or an aunt that did that for us, or maybe dad did that for us. You know, some of us didn't have mothers at all. You know, or they weren't, they, we had mothers originally, obviously, but they weren't around. They weren't around. You know, but the good news is, is that it's never too late to have a happy childhood. You've heard that one, right, I'm sure. It's never too late. We know today so many things. We have so many tools to self-parent. We have so many tools to help bring ourselves up, to raise ourselves up, to go back and to do the healing work that we need to do if, in fact, we have those wounds. You know, there's a woman that runs a group here in town for unmothered women. Because there's a big part that's missing if we didn't get that. You know, if we didn't get that idea that we're lovable, if we didn't get the idea that we're worthy, Amber sang in our song, you know, if we didn't know that we're incredible, you know, because that's what moms kind of do, right? They bolster you up, they tell you you can do it, right? In best case scenario. So if we didn't get that, we have tools, you know, there's the inner child work is very popular. We have part of our classes teach going back and healing some of that stuff. You know, and one of the indications that your little child within you is afraid 
is that you're afraid, right? Is that you're afraid. And normally it's not your grown-up self that's afraid. It's that little one within you, right? The little Debbie in me or, the, or the, little, the little boy or the little girl that lives inside of you. And what you can do is you can just call her or him by name. And you can let him know that he's okay. She's okay. You can say, you're worthy. You're lovable. You've always been lovable. You're amazing. Right? And we have these tools that we can go and we can go and change those messages we got. We can go back and change the, the things that we maybe heard when we were little that weren't the truth of our very being. Right? We can do that for ourselves and we can do that for other children in our world. We can let them know that they're amazing. You know, I think it's true what Amber said, you know, that whether we're male or female, we have that nurturing within us. We have the ability to nurture and to love and to raise up, you know, each other and ones that are younger than us as well. You know, it's wonderful that we have these ideas of um, being able to change, being able to change. You know, we don't have to stay where we are. God, as the mother, earnest in his talk that I was telling you about, he says, we have gotten used to the fatherhood of God, but must there not be equal with the fatherhood of infinite spirit, also the motherhood? For in the creative process of life, there is the blending of the two. There must be the spirit which speaks the word of creation, and there must be the cosmic matrix which molds the divine idea into form and experience. The male and the female, the yin and the yang, you know, the both sides that we each have. You know, one is active and one is uh, receptive, one is strong and one is soft. No, but we have both sides of that within each one of us. These are eight feminine traits to nurture. You know, and both men and women have these traits. Now, they're uh, sometimes more assigned to a woman, but they're within all of us. Thoughtfulness, thoughtfulness, beauty, empathy, vulnerability, intuition, patience, sensuality, and I like this last one, radiance, radiance. So whether we're living in a male or a female body, we both, we, we each have those qualities that we can bring forth. You know, what woman here does not love a sensitive man? Really, like, come on, right? What woman doesn't love vulnerability, softness, tenderness, right? It's nice to have the big, strong, macho guy, but it's nice if he's got that soft place, too. You know, that he's okay to show his female side. Isn't that really like kind of 90s, 2000s? I remember my kids growing up, you know, and my son would always say, I'm showing my soft side. You know, it was like a cool thing to do when he was growing up, you know, to have that, to have that. But aren't these all qualities of God, right? The strong and the soft, all qualities of God. And if we are divine expressions of God, then we have all these qualities within us. No matter what body we came into this life with. No matter which body we came in with. The balance of the male and the female energy, you know. And, and this, um, there's a gentleman named Arkin Lashwata. 
and he's with the indigenous people. And a lot of his stories you can find in his teaching through the Pachamama Alliance. Um, and it's a focus on the earth, you know, and, and earth is our mother, you know. And he, he talks about this balancing of the male and the female energy, and he talks about it in a book called The Time of the Black Jaguar, which is one of his books. And he writes this, Deep in the midst of history, human societies decided to take two roots and become two different people, the eagle people and the condor people. The eagle people are typically mind-oriented, industrial, and related to masculine energy, often identified with science and technology. They have been the explorers, the colonists, and the aggressors in the records of history. The condor people are intuitive, creative, feeling, and related more to the feminine energy. Indigenous people have usually identified with this path as they prioritize their heart above the brain and mysticism over rationalism in their culture. You know, those female energies and the male energies, but each of us, male and female, carry with us an aspect of both the sacred male and the sacred female, right? We have both. He goes on to say, Arkin, that we are suffering from an excess of false masculine force heartless and abusive, force that causes war, suffering, materialism, and many other evils from which we find it difficult or impossible to escape. It is driven by deep insecurity and fear. Both men and women in the modern world attempt to increase their power and soothe their insecurities by embracing this false masculinity. You know, and some of that is attributed back to the women's movement. I know some of the things that happened back in the women's movement, they say that women learned to be like men. We learned that what we needed to do is we needed to be aggressive. We needed to be tough. We needed to, you know, stand up. And we're learning as time went along that that's really not the truth of it. That's really not the truth of it, that we can be soft. We don't have to be tough, right? to get by in the world. And that goes for men and women both. That we can be coming from this place of heart. We can be authentic, we can be real, we can be true. And we can still stand up for ourselves, right? We can still say that's not okay, or we can set boundaries and we can do all those things that we learn to do. But we don't have to become like men to go out into the world. And men don't need to become like women. The balance is both, is having the both, the female and the male energies within us. The true masculine is characterized by confidence without arrogance, rational thinking without a need to control, and honor without a desire for war. It provides stability, strength, and courage in an ever-shifting world. True masculinity, grounded, rooted. The true feminine brings a deep wisdom rooted in trusting one's intuition and heart. It is passionate, creative, and life-giving force. The true feminine supports deep, heartfelt nurturing of all creation. Right? Can you imagine a world in which each of us were coming from the true masculine and the true feminine, where we put aside our fears, where we put aside our doubts, we stood confident in knowing that we were a manifestation of the divine, 
And because we are these individualized expressions of God, we have within us all of these beautiful male qualities and all these beautiful female qualities. And we can just stand up and we say, here I am. Here I am. True and honest. And we can talk heart to heart. Right? We can say, I'm afraid. Or we can say, you're beautiful. Right? We can just say that to each other. We can stand in this place of balanced energies. Can you imagine a world in which these energies are balanced in our government, in our world, in our environment? You know, that's the prayer that we can move into this place of this balance of the male and female so beautifully. Ernest Holmes says, I love the idea that we are surrounded by the womb of nature, which gives birth to all ideas. I love that idea too. Ernest says that, you know, we're surrounded by the womb of nature, which gives birth to all ideas. If we think of that energy, we're surrounded in this womb and we know that what we think we create, well, when we plant our seed in this womb, it manifests into creation. We're surrounded by that energy, by that love. He says, let us then prepare our minds to give birth to a bright future with hope. And in this preparation of mind, let's take thoughts such as, and this is Ernest's prayer, I live and breathe and have my being in the eternal presence of Mother, Father, God. Mother, Father, God. And I know that this divine parent nurtures my every sincere prayer into fulfillment. There is nothing in me that fears or doubts that the creative principle of life shall respond to that which I believe in my heart. Mother, Father, God. Mother, Father, God. As you go forward this week, I invite you to pay attention to that divine mother within you, to that place that is receptive, that place that is open, that place that is coming from your heart. I encourage you to be the love that you are. God bless you. I'm so glad that you're here today. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Happy Mother's Day.